This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 81. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one incarcerated minute at a time. I'm Ron Richards and with me is Josh Flanagan. How's it going? 
and it's going okay, Josh. I, that sounded weird. It was supposed to be a thing. I don't know. And it didn't. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah, I admit it. Our compatriot Connor Kilpatrick is not with us this week, so we we called in a favor, and our good friend Ben Simpson from Hollywood, California, has decided to join us. How you doing, Ben? Hello, guys. I'm well. Welcome to the fold. Very excited to be here. Yeah, as you should be. For those who don't know, Ben is a big fan of the movies. I think that's fair to say. I, <laughs> I get out to, to see a picture every once in a while with my best girl. <laughs> right on. Well, that's good, because uh, we're going to talk about Goodfellas this week, and Minute 81 starts with Henry telling his limo driver to take him to jail, and it ends with a steak getting thrown on the fryer. And for for those play, uh, keeping score at home, this is the specific minute that Ben actually requested, correct? It is, and I feel that's honored cool. because when you were talking to Gabe Hardman, you mentioned this was one that a lot of people asked for, and I sort of threw it out there. When Connor approached me about it, I was like, yeah, I want to do that. Not realizing that apparently I, I got dibs or, or other people were turned away. You're, you're, um, there are at least three people who wanted this minute. Oh, I think it was more. I think it was more than yeah. that. For some, for some reason. That's what at least means. And Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the descriptor for the minute in question is, oh, the scene with the, with the garlic and the razor blade. Absolutely. <laughs> the minute starts with Henry getting taken to jail, and we're introduced to life on in the big house, and it opens with Paulie slicing a clove of garlic with a razor blade. Beautiful. <laughs> That's that shot. That's the now take me to jail, yep. and we're in. Bobby Darren starts up, and we'll get to that, and we get the another another one of those magical insert shots. But this one is the fingers very delicately and carefully cutting that garlic with a razor blade. And what I think is interesting is that th- this whole week we're going to be, I mean, I think half of this week is Henry narrating and describing what life in prison is like for mobsters. And I love the fact that it's not about the fact that they come and go as they please and they bribed all the guards and all this sort of stuff. It starts with, this is what we do for dinner. Well, dinner's a big deal. It is a big deal. And Paulie has a great system for cutting the garlic. He slices it with a razor blade. It's a very good system, as, as Henry says. Well, and to be fair, this this is what they do for dinner, but it looks like it takes all day yeah. to get ready for dinner. Right. My note is that, say what you will about prison, but it really allows you to laser focus on a specific task. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, can you think, like, listen, I like well-cooked garlic as much as anyone, and I will do my best, you know, but I'm going to mince it. I'm going to yeah. chop it up with a knife. Oh, I don't oh have never to mince it. Oh, Savage. don't mince it. No, no I will not mince it. I will say I will say I will say that I saw this movie in my, you know, late teen years and the single largest effect this movie has had on my life is how I cook with garlic. Okay, so that is actually my question. <laughs> how has this affected how you cook with this is not this is not, this is not a joke by the way. This is just, <laughs> this is just coincidence because my question was I want to know how much this affected your your system and whether in fact this is it really is a good, very good system. Well, we should probably preface that this 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 next couple of days is going to be a lot of food talk. Especially, I know ben, Ben's got some stuff prepared as well too, so which is nice. You made food? <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, actually. Ben, what are you uh, what, what are you eating right now? I have my mother's sauce and meatballs, <laughs> which were frozen in my freezer. Because I'm lazy, I can make the sauce and meatballs. I have made the sauce and meatballs. <laughs> But whenever she comes and visits, she cooks more, freezes it in bags. Uh, as I'm interested in making some for myself, I can just, you know, dole it out that way. Now, uh, so I have that and some good bread just, oh. just to munch on as we talk about this. Because you can't watch this scene over and over as I have done and not want sauce. And much like the fat Clemenza scene in Godfather. Yes. Same kind of deals. Now, I have to ask you, and I hope this isn't too personal... 
Simpson is not an Italian name. No, no. So it's not an Italian name. My mother is not Italian either. Whoa, how, how did he get through the screening process? Whoa. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Just so oh. you know, you're not allowed to say anything about Italians, only I can. <laughs> I mean, the, the Irish part of me is, is okay to, to... You don't know anything. The Irish part of us doesn't know anything about food. I'm barely able to follow along here. <laughs> well, that's why we're both drunk, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ugly stereotypes. But my uncle on my mother's side, married to my aunt, is 100% Italian. The recipe comes from his family oh. as given to me. So it's not really my mother's. It's Aunt Vinci. That's, that's who it comes from. What do you think, Ronzoni? Can we take that? I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I mean, admittedly, he's from the Midwest, so but we'll deal with it. I'm sure. I, I, would, I would be very interested in, fr- in fact, Ben, maybe someday we should do this where we should do a taste-off where I'll make my family's tomato sauce and you make your family's tomato sauce and we can, we can let our friends decide. That would be fun. But going back to the original question, Josh, yes. I, in fact, after seeing this movie, when I cut garlic, I, I peel the clove, I peel, and I get the whole the piece, and I have a very sharp, very – I don't have a razor blade, but I have a very sharp, very small knife, and then I proceed to cut slices as thinly as possible because what you want to do is you want to – you want them to liquefy in the pan, as Henry describes, polysystem. And that happens. That works. It does happen. The key is is that you cannot overheat the pan. That's the yes. problem. With any garlic. That's... Yeah. If you overheat the pan, you get, the garlic turns brown, and then it's no good. It's no good. No good. No good. Nothing you could do. Ben, is yeah. that, do you follow the same method? or? Oh, yeah. I've, have you – so the real question is have you ever tried the razor? I, actually, to be honest, in, all the, in these 20-plus years, I have not, and that's partially because I have a small fear of razor blades. Uh, Fair enough. See, I did. Yeah. The it. first time I did it. Uh, I was in college. That was the first time I was on my own cooking. I had a nice brownstone in Boston, and I sliced <laughs> off part of part of my fingertip. Yep. I knew that's where this was going. <laughs> yep, that's the problem. And and honestly, to look but at in the... red sauce, who can tell, really? Right? <laughs> but to look at the dexterity of a big man like Paul Servino... Is that Paul Servino's hands in the close-up? It doesn't look like it. They look like delicate hands. Wow, that's a good question. I can't. I don't know. I can't. I can only. Well, because if you look to the le- the far left of the frame, there is the blue cuff of the bathrobe. You don't think that a hand model could wear a bathrobe? I'm gonna say it's Paul Servino slicing the garlic. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out there on a limb and say that is it is Paul Servino. He's got nice hands. Yeah, he does. That's, um, yeah. They, they, they clearly did not show the, the manicure section of uh, doing time. <laughs> of prison. <laughs> so, um, so, we, uh, so, so Paul Savino slices the garlic, and then, uh, and then we find out about uh, that, that he is in prison along with Henry during this time period. Do we want to stay focused on the food before we talk about the prison, Josh, or how do we want to I think we're not this? done with food. Okay, okay. Nope, not so, even close. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, the, in fact, those are the old... The only notes I have for this are food based, so maybe oh. other things were happening. But I well, I've, I've got I've got I've got some background on why Paulie's in prison and all that sort of stuff. But we'll save that for later. So then he explains that Paulie is there, and then Vinny is in prison, and he normally handles the the sauce, right? Mm-hmm. Which leads to the question: Vinny is dressed in a white shirt and white apron, and he's making sauce. He's dropping chunks of meat in the sauce. How come he's so clean? <laughs> <laughs> it's a very big pot. That's the thing. You see, the, I'm. Uh, that's that's unlikely. The, even, under the heat, I can't you're going to get some spitting. Without getting it on me, yeah. I'm actually cooking that much. <laughs> so as he's doing it, he is dropping in three types of meat: veal, oh. beef, and pork. Because pork. as he says, you got to have the pork. That's. I took. Now that's okay. Now here, that's one that I took on. What do you mean? For my entire life. Pork is the key ingredient. To oh, flavor. absolutely, absolutely. 
I, I, I just my note is that we learn here that pork is the key to flavor, and God damn it, it is. Yeah. So Ben, in your sauce, what are the what are the key meats in your mother's sauce? It's just meatballs. It's meatballs, but the meatballs have beef, veal, and pork in it. Okay, so they're veal and pork and beef the meatballs. Right. Yeah. So so typically when I make... and, the, and then the meat the meat ha- the meatballs have to cook. So you make a you know you form the the meatballs separately. They go into the oven just to brown them to get them solid. And then they cook in the sauce for at least an hour. And that's, you know, that's adding that flavor to the sauce. Fascinating. So, yeah, so what's interesting, because my, my family's recipe and what I do for, and I'm not going to give it all away. There are little secrets here I and there. Some, I want some, though. I mean, I'm too far along. How I was taught was that my family actually, we've had meatballs before. We will make meatballs. But the, the standard sauce I grew up with that my mother made would feature several uh, pork sausages, Okay, so some so some nice Italian uh, sweet sweet sausage, sweet sausage, and what you do is you 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 take the sauce pot, you put a layer of of oil in, you put in the garlic, you put in the onions, and we're gonna get to the onions in a second, right? (laughs) And you you brown all that stuff, and then you then you put in the meat, and you put in the sausage as well as, and now I don't know what cut of beef it is, but growing up we called it stringy beef, and and basically it's almost like. It comes, it comes like almost like pulled pork kind of consistency, you know, like, you know, very, very easy comes across once it's been cooked, like shredded beef almost, you know, like that sort of thing. And those are the three things. Veal is good, but veal is not the common meat in my sauce. Well, let's, um, well, let's take it back. Beef so are those meats prepared ahead of time? No, no, no. So what they do is they, they, they are cooked, cooked to, put in their raw, put in their brown. raw, cook, they're browned in the oil and the onions and the garlic. And then when the, after the, the meat cooks for a little bit and you see the color change, then you drop in the tomatoes and then you drop in everything else all your spices and then just let it cook on a simmer for like a week now see wow yeah right so i'm gonna sit with that for a minute you said a week and that's <laughs> actually week. what pulled me in i was like that's the, yeah that's the secret right there. i would say the, the the beef cut is like a chuck roast yeah so, i mean it's yeah, gonna be a cheap sense. cut of meat yeah oh cheap oh of course yeah i mean because, the cheap you know yeah. well especially if we're talking about italians here, right. they're not yeah. hey oh, oh, oh. but you oh, got oh, oh. but the, the key thing is you gotta have the pork got oh yeah, Vinny, Vinny is Vinny is correct. You gotta have the pork. So I, I may have you may have noticed I'm not an Italian man <laughs> in any way, and so I, had, I grew up with no. We grew up with jarred sauce. That's what oh, happened. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so when I became an adult, I started making my own sauce. I had to go through some recipes. As it's notable that I couldn't get any Italian person whose sauce I had to tell me their recipe. No one would share, so I had to like get something out of a book and then we'd play with it. We had one that didn't have a meat base. And it was, it was pretty good. It was a hell of a lot better than the jarred sauce. But one time, the wife made meatballs. Now, I don't like meatballs. I don't like the consistency. But she cooked the, the sauce with the meatballs in it, and it made the sauce sing. Yep. So that's the key. that I, That's where I'm at now. That's where we're working with it. All right. That's fair. So in the background of this scene, we hear some discussion amongst Polly and, and Vinny and the, and the other inmate, Johnny Dio, who we're going to find out about tomorrow. And uh, you hear there's a bit of an argument. Polly tells Vinny not to use too many onions. It's just using three small onions. That's and, all it is. And Henry, in his voiceover, says he believes that he used too many onions. And Vinny explains that he put two cans of tomatoes and three small onions. So, Ben, is that too many onions? By Vinci's tomato sauce recipe, that is literally three times as many onions as you need. Well, for, for us, it's two he cans. specifies small. Whoa, you don't use any onions? No. Three that's three times one is three. three too many. It's, it's three times too many. One onion. Oh, one okay. Onion. All one right. large onion, one medium onion, three inches in diameter. I'm told uh, that's a small onion. That's a small onion, and I and I will I will challenge that and say, Ben, you are not using enough onion. And that, oh. Josh, I go for two small onions. 
white, yellow, sweet. Yellow. Yellow. Always yellow. Yeah, yeah always yellow. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Not the sweet yellow onion. Not Vidalia onions, but no, yellow. Yellow. Onion. Yellow onions. Always okay. yellow onions. Yep. yep. And I would go for two medium size, small to medium size. Or three small. Right. But the thing is, you know, Vinny is exaggerating and they're not really small. They're probably mediums. Right. I like that it's a call and response onion joke. (laughs) It really is, actually, because because Henry explains it. He says that Vinny would make the sauce and I thought he made a good sauce. But I think I thought he used too many onions. And then you hear the conversation about the onions. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the interaction between the narration and the and the dialogue. Onions. 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 (laughs) Onions. I will point out, because we're talking specifically about the sauce now, and I, uh, this is now? something I don't think I would have ever noticed or I had never o- noticed watching the film the way normal humans watch it, but there's a moment when Pauly is, is slicing the garlic and you see to the left a plant. It looks to me like basil, and I, I don't know. And, and I like the idea that they want fresh basil, yeah. It looks like it's a little pot. I, I like the idea that they're watering that, making sure that they've always got a fresh supply of basil because that's, I mean, for good sauce, you want fresh basil. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And 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 to that point, Ben, you just proved an argument we we're making earlier because the camera does pull wide and we see Paulie slicing the garlic with a razor blade, and it is indeed his fingers. They match the close up, so it is Paul. It is Paul Sorvino doing all the slicing. He is Italian. He's Sorvino. He is Italian. So a little bit about prison, though. Um, they are in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. They're at the Federal Penitentiary Penitentiary in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania. In what has historically been known, Lewisburg has been referred to as Mafia Row uh, because so many organized crime members uh, serve time there. In fact, uh, such mobsters serve time there along with Henry Hill. Al Capone spent three years there, Jimmy Hoffa, and later on, uh, John Gotti served time there. It's almost like you had to. It's almost like anyone you. who's anyone, and and that's the thing is that and and mafia and it became Mafia Row because it was so well known as a federal prison, and that all that all the guards were on the take, and that the you know that the mobsters lived like kings while they were in prison because of that. Interesting, but also interesting was that the in real life, Paulie did not serve with Henry. In Henry's narration, he says Paulie was in in prison for contempt. In real life, Paul Vario did serve seven months for contempt, but that was in 1970. If you remember back, he missed Henry and Karen's wedding because he was in a prison in Nassau County on Long Island serving for contempt. So this is another one of those mixing up the real world to get a scene of Paul Servino slicing garlic. All worth it. All worth (laughs) it. No one's going to tell you that that should have outweighed historical accuracy. Yeah. Do you recognize Vinny? I feel like is that... Is that that's not Scorsese, Scorsese's father? Is it? It is. That is Charles. Yeah, Scor- is. That is okay. Charles Scorsese. Yep. So we saw. And then he's it. Well, he's gonna he's gonna show up later. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I did watch Casino lately, and it screwed me up a little bit. You. That was probably a mistake. That yeah. Pro- realizing yeah, yeah. that now. Yeah. Yeah. So we saw Martin Scorsese's mother in a previous scene when when they went to go get the knife with the hoof, and now we get to see his father as Vinny. Uh, <laughs> that is like right up there right now is my top three lines in the movie, by the way. The hoof. The hoof. It's been there for a couple of years, but every, like just you saying it now, I was tickled. Yeah. So as if this scene was not my favorite enough because of the garlic and the tomato sauce. And how are you one, going with this? It has one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, we're listening to uh, Somewhere Beyond the Sea by Bobby Darin. Well, it's, just, it's just called Beyond the Sea. Sorry, I wrote. That's what I wrote down before I looked it up. <laughs> Released in 1959. I assume you have things to say about the song and Bobby Darren. I, I got. A, I got a lot to say about the song. I, I don't want to take that away from you, but I, I think the, the one thing that I came away from this is that this version of this song has been used in everything. 
<laughs> like I, here's a list of movies which featured this song. Okay. A Life Less Ordinary, Apollo 13, Austin Powers in Goldmember, Diner, Goodfellas, Black Rain, Finding Nemo, The X-Files Lost, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane, White Collar, The Blacklist, and Bioshock, The Game. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. That's that, You know what? That's not that surprising for that song. That, I'm not saying it's low, but I'm not that surprised by I that. I think it's really interesting that certain songs you know, get used over and over and over again in movies, and it doesn't feel repetitive. It somehow feels comforting, like like um, Peter Gabriel's Salisbury Hill, like like a trailer with that in it. You don't notice that, hey, it's this song using this, this trailer's using this song again. It's just, oh, good, that's that song yeah. from a trailer. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the thing is, I think it, 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 it shows the staying power of a hit like Beyond the Sea. I think that it's, I, I would almost more say that it's it's instantly communicative of about about a time and place. Yeah. And so it makes it if you're trying to do shorthand for making you feel like you're somewhere or doing something or almost like a feeling, then they know they can just plug this song in. And what is the feeling that you think Beyond the Sea gives people? An earlier time, a little bit of relaxation. Really? I'm not even thinking about how this might relate to the lyrics, but sort of that lazy sort of horn sound. Yep. Like in the in the beginning of The Godfather when they get to before the horse head scene, like they sort of have that same horn sound. Interesting. It's like a nice, nice. It's a, it's a completely different hor- uh, horn sound. Maybe think of a different part of the Godfather. <laughs> I think so. Well, so so part of that sound comes from the fact that Beyond the Sea originally was not called Beyond the Sea. It was originally a song called La Mer, which means the sea in French, by Charles Trenet. By Charles Trenet. And the original version of The Sea is actually the lyrics, of, uh, the French lyrics are a song about the changing moods of the sea. But it wasn't until 1946 when Jack Lawrence released it as a pop song and he added the word beyond to the title and then he wrote lyrics to make it basically a, ro- a, a romance song about, a, a, about someone mourning a lost love. You know, that, that my love is beyond the sea and, you know, and, and so it's got that. That's why it's interesting to hear, Josh, your, your kind of your feelings with it, because I, I definitely get a sense that it's, it's, it's a feeling of loss and a feeling uh-huh. of, but it's also whimsical, you know, like it's, it's, yeah. it's got a warm feeling to it. They use the original Le Maire at the end of the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy film from a couple of years ago. Interesting. To great effect. Interesting. So. It's weird because you're suggesting that somebody made it to the end of that awake. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. How dare you, sir? It was a low-key movie is what I'm getting at. Yeah, it was. I get it. So uh, Jack Lawrence puts it out in 1946. Then Benny Goodman's orchestra has a hit with it in 1948. They did a cover of it that was featured in the Cary Grant and Betsy Drake movie, Every Girl Should Be Married. Which tells you something about the fifties, and then uh, and then uh, Roger Williams actually record, uh, recorded it, and his version of it released in nineteen fifty five, hit number thirty seven. But it wasn't until nineteen fifty nine when Bobby Darren came along did Beyond the Sea become the international hit that it is today, it reached number six on the charts, and became a mainstay in the entertainment pop world. So there you go. I, I love that song. I love Bobby. Every, everything Bobby Darren did was was perfect. And I'm not surprised about that. Even the folk, even the folk stuff. All right. Do we have anything else for this minute? Do you think Marty's dad put too many onions in sauce and this was his way of getting revenge? (laughs) I didn't think about it that way. (laughs) Which then brings up other questions. (laughs) If so, did Marty's dad know that that's what this was about and there was a whole passive-aggressive thing going on here? 
I just need you to say the line, Dad. Just say. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm but I don't. I don't put up. To, I don't put too many onions. I don't. I'm a filmmaker now. <laughs> I know how to make the film. I know how to make the film. You apparently know how to make the sauce. So I know how to make the film. You just say the line for me, please. Mom said her lines. Because <laughs> <laughs> think about it, honestly, it's like managing your parents as actors in your movie. It's got to be, you know. <laughs> That's- well, it's a great way to win an argument for all eternity. Yeah. Well, to to be uh, to to I hate to crush your your uh, scenario, Ben, but in the original text of Wise Guy, Henry Hill direct quote that actually Vinny Aloi A L O I is the actual gangster who was in prison with him, and he says that he made a great sauce, although it did he did think he put in too many onions. So sure. there you go. I was also going to say, if you were a parent, you could easily, you know, shoot back with like, well, it's no field of dreams, though, is it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and just and just a real quick bio on Vinny Aloi or Aloi. He was actually born in 1933 and he was a mobster who was the acting boss of the Colombo crime family for a certain time period. And he was indicted on stock fraud, stock fraud charges um, and then eventually acquitted on those. So a lot of stock, stock fraud going on there. Apparently you have a hard time with the phrase stock, stock fraud. fraud. I can't say stock because, fraud. Yeah. <laughs> so you keep wanting to say, like if I had you say it in a thick accent, you could do stock <laughs> fraud charges. You could say that. I can't. But stock straight fraud. up, it's very difficult. Yeah. But anyway, uh, he was finally convicted in June of 1973 for perjury, and he served seven years. He's a liar for perjury. <laughs> So there you go. That's why he was in the joint with everybody. Oddly enough, he lived in apartment 2S. <laughs> All right. Anybody else have any of this? Very inside Goodfellas joke. It really is. Uh, we'll wrap it up. That's it for Minute 81. So tune in tomorrow for Minute 82. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Goodfellas Minute and on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. And, of course, you can go to GoodfellasMinute.com where you can find all the previous episodes and links to subscribe. As well as you can go to GoodfellasMinute.com slash support where you can find a link to our Patreon where you can be a direct supporter. And tune in later this week on Friday. We'll be giving a uh, a lucky patron their mob name. But also on goodfellasminute.com slash support, you can find links to buy the movie Goodfellas on Blu-ray or the book Wise Guy, all from Amazon, and that helps us out in the process. And we thank everybody who's done that. If you have any questions or if we missed anything in this minute, you can email us at contact at goodfellasminute.com. And uh, I'm going to go stir the sauce, so I'm going to go. That's later. <laughs> or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is on